0: Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Millennials podcast. It is 2.05 p.m. on Wednesday, July 29th. Welcome back and thanks again for listening. And if you're new, hey, I'm your host, Rochelle, creator of marriagemillennials.com, where I help millennials see God's design for faith, smart dating, and marriage. Pretty much, I share tools for millennials to honor Christ before a spouse and with one and prepare them for family if that is the current desire they have. Now, before we get started, as always, I want to tell you where you can keep the combo going with me after the end of the podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. This podcast will be posted on the site, marriagemillennials.com, so if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post, or you can also visit our Facebook page, backslash MF My Twitter and IG handle is Rochelle Shoyola. And my hubby's is Samuel Shoyola, so feel free to follow and talk with us there as well. Also, the podcast is on all listening outlets, I believe it is. So subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Just type in "Marriage Monials" in the search bar, and it will pop up for you. Last thing, if you've been following, or even if you haven't, um, there are a ton of cool things on the site, from workbooks to our 25 questions to ask while dating. Um, course products and more we're also working on a couple new things so excited for that but yeah feel free to check those out as well alrighty guys let's jump in hello guys um, and welcome back another podcast. Um, How you guys doing? Hope you're holding up well. Um, It's just me today as you can hear. Um, Sam is back at work in the office and I've been trying to just kind of figure out the perfect time to like do a podcast. Um, A lot of times when Sam comes in in the evening, of course we're eating dinner. Then he's kind of debriefing and then we got to jump right back into feeding. So we're still trying to work out our schedule. So for this podcast, um, it's me. It's me Um, and baby is sleeping. Um, so what better way and time to knock a podcast out while she's catching some Z's. Um, but nevertheless, I hope you've been well. Um, again, we've just been doing things with baby, um, some home stuff, um, some landscaping stuff. Um, we had um, some visitors. We finally are kind of starting to get in the group of having people come over to see Hillary, um, Sam's brother and my, our sister-in-law were in town. They kind of wrapped that up. So they were here for Sam's birthday that passed a couple days ago. Um, then we had some other friends come over and then we went and saw some other people and brought the baby. So yeah, we have just been kind of doing that. Um, but yeah, hope you've been well. Anywho, today's podcast is all about 50 50. (laughs) Have you ever heard someone say that, you know, when you guys get married, you should both give 50-50, right? If you do your half and he does his half and God's in the middle, then you guys will have a marriage that will be 100% fruitful and loving. (laughs) Well, I'm here to debunk that. Yes, yes, I am here once again to go against the grain of everything you know about partnership when it comes to marriage. Um, Now, before we get started, go ahead and click that subscribe button, click it right now, and share this podcast if you like our content. Visibility Matters, and we want this message to not only hit your ears, but everyone else's. Um, Sam and I love doing this from our hearts, free of charge, and all we ask is that you spread the love. You cannot be that. You can't be that. (laughs) Okay. All right. So let's jump right in. I've got five reasons why a 50-50 marriage won't work and what type of marriage will work. And then we'll wrap up. All right. Point number one, who decides what halfway is or where it is, right? So no one goes into marriage with anything but good expectations, right? I think, in fact, your wedding day is probably one of the days where your expectations are the highest. I mean, come on. You've got your pretty dress. Your makeup is done. He's got his tux. The boys are there, right? The girls are with you, your family, your friends. You know, you have all of this support, right? And God's right there in the middle, in the center, Right, you done mixed the sand. <laughs> you said the vows. You know, y'all had your first dance. It's just been phenomenal. <laughs> the expectations are good and high, right? And rightfully so, right? You're making a, you you've entered into your covenant. Like, why not celebrate that? Why not feel like God's hand is in all of this? And it is, and he right. But more than good and high, when it becomes when it comes to expectations. What we want to make sure is that our expectations are reasonable, not just good, definitely not high, but reasonable because reasonable is what gets you through, right? Um, I think I talk about this a lot on my Instagram and social media handles is that a lot of people do the things where they teach things about marriage that keep your expectations good, high, which is not good. And then what end up ends up happening is that couples don't know how to deal with what happens when their expectations aren't met. And so that's kind of what I want to talk to you about, right? Reasonable is what gets you through. So back to expectations. One of the most common assumptions about marriage is that if you do your part, I'll I'll do mine, right? And again, noble, (laughs) logical thinking, right? Like, why wouldn't we think that? Why wouldn't it seem second nature that you would do your part and I would do mine? It's like simple math, right? You know, two plus two equals four, doesn't it? It should be a no-brainer. Yes, yet many couples find themselves extremely disappointed when they adopt this model of marriage. Let me paint a picture for you. So let's say... Hmm. you both love eating a home-cooked meal, right? I'm just kind of throwing something out there. Hubby loves your cooking. You love being able to cook with love. It's your love language, whatever you want to call it. You like being able to put natural foods in the food, whatever, right? But the point is, you guys both like cooking a home, you both like a home-cooked meal. So every evening, after you both get home from work, maybe after about an hour or two of settling in, hubby says, sweetheart, do you know what we're having for dinner? And most days you'd say, Yep, I'm about to whip it up right now, right? And you get up and you cook dinner because you love him, right? You want him to see um, your exhibition of love through food. A lot of wives do it. I do it. I do it for my friends, and I definitely do it for my hubby, right? But one evening, hubby asks the same question. <laughs> But this time, he failed to ask you about your day. Because if he did ask you about your day, he would have realized that on this work day, this work day right here, your co-worker stepped on your last nerve. And your boss stressed you out today with demands and workloads that pretty much spread you thin today. So hubby says, sweetheart, is dinner ready yet? Dinner isn't ready yet. And you haven't even started to think about dinner because you're still trying to debrief from the day that you've had. So you reply, snooty and snarky and frustrated. Honey, why don't you make us a meal? (laughs) Right? To which then you think, see, this is what I'm talking about this is it. This is the reason why our marriage has so many kinks in it. He just expects me to overextend myself while he just sits back and does nothing. Am I supposed to be his maid? He can't even see the type of day I had. I'm stressed. I can't believe him. (laughs) So here's why that happens, y'all. We assume that us and our spouses will always meet us halfway and that's why that model fails every time hubby assumed that you would meet him halfway by cooking dinner. You assumed that he would meet you halfway when you were exhausted and would have rather ordered in. Right? But here's the thing. It's impossible to determine if your spouse has met you halfway. How do you Quantify that, right? Neither of you can agree on where halfway is, and because of that, all you're left with is to scrutinize the other from a jaded and selfish perspective. You know, how do you determine who has had the toughest day? How do you determine who is the busiest or who is taken for granted the most? You can't. So instead, instead of thinking about all those things that get you nowhere, the better question to think about is how do we operate as a team instead of keeping score? And that's what a 50-50 marriage does and why it fails is because it forces you to keep score and not work as a team. So that's point one. Point two, when you love 50-50, acceptance is based on performance. Without thinking, you know, the acceptance of our mates can Easily be based on performance. I mean, I'm guilty of this at times. I think it's pretty easy, especially when you are like an executor or a problem solver or task oriented. Um, A lot of women naturally are. We just kind of do, 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 try to get things done, our bullet points. We can end up loving like that, right? I love you more because you do this for me, right? Or you should love me more because of all the things I have done for you, right? And should our spouses do things for us? Should they serve us? Should they honor us with their works? Yes, of course, right? But should we get married for that? Um, No. And should we love our spouses for that once we have them? No. Um, I was also talking about this the other day on my Instagram. A lot of women that date do this, and they date into marriage like this. Um, They, well, what can he do for me? What can he, how can he serve me? And, um, you know, I'm a great woman, so how can he be a great man for me? And that is the 50-50 um, just kind of model manifesting itself, right? Even before you walk down the altar. Um, even to also with society, I think we've made it so that, um, especially where women are concerned, um, we believe that we're you know, little princesses that are deserving of... Every little thing, kind of damsel in distresses, if you will. And what that does is it makes us get married and, again, implement that 50-50 plan that is detrimental at best, right? It seems good, right? Like I said, it seems noble and logical and a great thing until pressure is applied, right? I love you more because you do this for me. Until you're human and you can't today. Or you don't want to today or you won't today. And now my world is shattered. And so now we're going to have an argument tonight. Does that sound familiar? Can you relate to that? I definitely can. And so, yeah, that's point two. Acceptance ends up being based on performance. Point three. When you love 50-50... Giving is based on merit. So not only is acceptance based on performance, but what we give to our spouses is based on um, whether, you know, we think they've earned it. Our affection is given when we only when we feel our partner has earned it. If the garbage is taken out and if the bacon is brought home, right, or, you know, if the kids are tucked in or, you know, if the food is cooked, right, then We'll give our spouse praise, love, even sex. And this is what makes marriage legalistic, right? And robotic and basically like you do for me, I do for you. And if our Christian walk with the Lord shouldn't be legalistic, then why should our marriages be? Point four. When you love 50-50, motivation for action is based on feelings. So as a newlywed, right, nobody has to tell you to be sacrificial. Um, You know, dating engaged and... um, being a newlywed, your 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 adrenaline is high. You want to be the best wife. You want to be the best husband, um, you know, because you're all in your feelings and you want to do it. So nobody has to tell you to serve your spouse and how to do it right, right? You excel. You're the best, right? But once you've settled, you know, once you've settled in your marriage and, you know, the true colors of your sinful nature start to come out, um, if you don't feel like doing something, you won't. Um, after the newness of it all wears away, you won't. And I think and we have a lot of people who like they teach these things where like, do this so that you're you always keep the spark. You you never sin against your spouse. Do this so that you always feel like being sacrificial. And they teach these things that just aren't realistic. And again, contradict the gospel in my opinion. Because they pretty much Assume that if you do this, if you, if you manage this behavior, you'll never sin against your spouse. And that's just not realistic. That's not why Jesus came to save. Five, when you love 50 50, you focus on the weakness. When you love 50 50, you always think you've done more, right? We always think that we're the best person on earth, right? Maybe we'll give Jesus some credit, but besides that, the next person on earth is us. That's done well, right? If Jesus had a list of VIP people, we would be number one. That's how we think naturally, right? And so you always think that you've done more. And as a result, you focus more on the weaknesses of your spouse other than your spouse's strengths, because you think the only strengths that exist are yours. Or you're comparing, you know, what you've done versus what your spouse has done in a specific area, as opposed to looking at the broader picture. Like, for example, maybe I'm the one that's always cooking dinner. And if my husband's never cooking dinner, I can look at it like he has a weakness to cooking dinner. But maybe I always cook dinner, but hubby always takes the trash out. And in that sense, we're serving each other and we are even. And so when you think of a 50-50 plan, um, it makes you scrutinize again, and compare on a specific level as opposed to looking at what's happening overall. So those are five points, right? Um, Why the 50-50 marriage plan doesn't work. So what does work? What do we do? How do we serve each other? How do we partner with one another in a way that honors Christ and in a a way that is um, reasonable, realistic, and that carries us through? Earlier, I talked about 2 plus 2 equaling 4 in marriage, right? And it does. But the way we should be operating is that 4 plus 0 equals (laughs) 4. You being the 4. The both of you should be giving 100%. 100% challenges you to be selfless, right? 100% says, I can love you without demanding anything in return hundred percent requires you to silence the voice that is going to question why you're giving hundred percent for some reason If you don't see your spouse doing the same thing in that specific area, like I said Why do I always have to make the bet if they never do it, right? You're gonna to have to cancel out that voice in your head. Sometimes they're not gonna do their part in That specific area, right? But that's life and that is life married to a flawed individual And there are ways that you do not do your part that you also are not seeing, but it's there, right? Um, You don't argue it out with them all the time. You talk about it. If there are things that you wish your partner would kind of contribute to, of course, you mention them. But more importantly, you bridge the gaps. Focus on bridging the gaps when they occur. Love requires sacrifice, bears all things, and is long-suffering. 100% will show you fruit in yourself and therefore your marriage, Alrighty, guys, wrapping up. That's all I have for you today, folks. I'm going to get off here and go ahead and tend to my baby girl. Um, let me leave you with this quote from a book I read. It says, Marriage is the union of two imperfect people who in their selfishness, sinfulness, and demands of each other will cause disappointment and hurt. You must lay aside those difficulties and hold fast to forgiveness, love, love. And Christ's command to love even those who at times don't appear to love you. Okay. All right, guys. Um, hopping off now. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you haven't already, share this to someone you think this will bless. All righty, guys. See you next time. Bye.